Welcome to the Architect of Change Show with your host, Connie Whitman of Whitman and Associates. Now here's Connie. Hi, I'm Connie Whitman, your host, and you're listening to Architect of Change on webtalkradio.net. Thank you so much again for joining me this week. My motivational quote for today is by Dennis Waitley, and it says, A dream is your creative vision of your life in the future. You must break out of your current comfort zone and become comfortable with the unfamiliar and the unknown. How many of us need proof of something before we're able to believe that it's so? Do we often ask, what is the scientific proof for this new idea to be true? This is understandable, right? So because if I can't see it, touch it, feel it, or be with it, then does it even exist? It's the old adage, if a tree falls in the forest and no one hears it, does that tree falling really exist or did the event even happen? These are questions that have been asked by the great philosophers and mystics for centuries before us. So what is the truth? Today, my guest, Dr. Mary Ann Pellegrino, is the co-founder of Inner Touch, a school of mystic wisdom. And Marianne is going to help us figure it all out by peeling back the layers of this very, very old onion in order to try to help us uncover the truth about the things we cannot see. We will discuss how impactful these truths really are in our lives today. So settle in, open your minds, and begin to travel with us to a realm where anything is possible. Please help me welcome Marianne. Hi, how are you? I am so good. Thank you so much for uh, being on the show. I'm very excited about our topic today. Wonderful. This is really a very interesting topic, and I bet everyone listening, because my intro is saying I talked about mystics and all this stuff, they're probably saying, who the heck is this woman? So I want to get started. <laughs> by let, let's, let's demystify this a little bit. So let's get started by letting everybody know who you are and just share with everyone. Let's start with the five degrees you hold, because this I found very fascinating. Okay. Well, you know, um, Educationally, yes, I have five degrees, and I started in parochial school, right, and high school all the way to St. Leo University and then later University of South Florida. But I have um, a computer electronic engineering degree. I have a rehabilitation counseling degree. I go all the way up to a doctorate in education and psychology. Um, I have many certifications um, from eye movement, desensitization, reprocessing therapy as an eye, a therapist um, to outside of this country, um, I studied also to get other certificates, like external chi healing, doubt, pregnancy, I Ching therapist. I've done many different things outside of main ther- mainstream therapy. So, yes, my college is extensive. i, I got to tell you, I, I was in school from five years old to 39, <laughs> <with the> five <laughs> degrees. And it was full-time. I never missed. I never missed. I never had a year that I didn't have school. So, that's that's uh, that's remarkable. It's it's remarkable. When I when we were corresponding and and talking about it, and you sent me all those degrees, I'm like, holy crap, she's smart. <laughs> I don't know about that. So now, <laughs> yeah, oh come on, for you to accomplish that, that's it's beyond awesome. My dad is um, uh, from Italy, an immigrant from Italy, and you know, growing up, it was education, education. So if my husband, if my dad ever met you, he'd be like, oh my god, I love you. You're brilliant, you know. Um, so, yeah, education is everything in, in our family. So, now, I, I, this is my next question. With all of those, and they're really more scientific-based degrees than just general liberal arts uh, kind of stuff, would you say that you are a scientific thinker 
or because of your whole mystic ends, which we'll get to in a minute, do you think that you are able to kind of walk the line of science and that mystical world and be able to blend the two? You know, Connie, that's a very good question. Really and truly, I don't see a difference. I believe that they're both very similar. Um, when you look into the scientific world, especially with quantum physics these days and, and, and yeah. all as we start to explore, we find that, oh, my gosh, this is what the mystics were talking about. This is what they were exploring all the time, and, and we're just tapping it. We're just beginning to tap it. So when you say I might consider myself scientific and, or mystical, I consider that both. It's the same. Does that make sense? So- Yes, it, it's, yeah, it does to me. And that, I'm giggling because are we just catching up to what those, those really old, old philosophers were searching and, and looking into? Are we almost just catching up to what their meaning is, like it took us all this time? Absolutely, absolutely. You know, it's funny. You think, uh, let's say, for example, acupuncture. You know, 20, 30 yeah. years from ago, you know, you wouldn't even hear acupuncture. You'd be acupuncture. What is, what is that? What is that? Okay, now you're talking a 3,000-year-old science here out in China, and now our medical schools are beginning to infiltrate that into their curriculum. Yeah, Why? I love because it. it works. We have the science now to actually look at the electricity, the electricity that goes through the brain when you do a certain point on a body. We can yeah. see it now. So see, what's happening, right? Yeah, and it goes back to what I'm saying. If I don't hear that tree fall in the forest, did that tree really ever fall? It's that if I don't see it or touch it or feel it, does it really exist? And until the science proves that, yeah, this acupuncture stuff really works, do we circle back and start putting into our methodology in in education, et cetera, things that are three thousand years old? I think it's the. I think this is the coolest time to live in because I, I agree with you. I think the science and the mystical world, they really are the same. We're just using um, a different terminology or exactly. we're looking, looking at the terminology from a different perspective. Like, well, yeah, this is logical now. Well, wasn't it logical, like you said, 20, 25 yeah. years ago? We just didn't want to address it. So to me, this I mean, is at, very fascinating. Exactly. Look at the cell phones. Who would know that we would do stuff without any connection to a wire? I mean, it's wireless. We can't yes. see it, but it's working. The internet. Yes. My God. Yes. I mean, that's it. You know, we just open and we're going. We're evolving like no other to a whole yeah. other quantum level with frequencies and such. We're just growing. Yeah. yeah. And, it, you know, I know when I do my training in my classes with work, and I do talk about positive energy and that our bodies are an energy source and what you put out, that's what you kind of receive back and, you know, how the universe, we're really all connected so that, yes, if I'm having a bad day, you feel my angst, especially if you work with me, but you, our energy absolutely impacts the world. And, you know, it's funny because now that people know me, they don't, they don't look at me like, what? Like, that's not corporate stuff, you know, but it is because right. for you to be able it to is. function at a high level with customers or with your colleagues or with your superiors or with your CEO of your organization, you have to have a certain amount of positive energy and positive thinking so that your mind is open to become better at the things that you're not necessarily good at. So it, to me, it's the same thing as well. Now, Phyllis, exactly. because you've been doing some very cool stuff um, with your work and give some background because I know that as a psychotherapist, 
you also um, counseled hom homicide and suicide losses. So kind of fill us in on the work realm of what you have done and are doing now. Thank you. Okay, so it's extensive. I did, I've done psychotherapy. I'm a psychotherapist. Yes, I worked with sudden death clients, but such as the homicide, suicide. I trained the hotline, suicide hotline. I also work with children in divorce and such. And I work with <clears> a nonprofit organization called the Life Center of the Sun Coast. And um, I did that for a while. But the majority of my uh, work also came through my education. I worked with higher education. I trained academic deans and presidents how to run their campuses uh, for institutional effectiveness to help them be more um, efficient with their campus and help them meet the students' needs and the faculty mm -hmm. needs, right? So I would do planning implementation. But this is the interesting thing. I connected what I do with what we said, okay, our thoughts, everything, with this that I created with implementation, like I did the early student engagement program. How do we change a culture in a university and college? How do we change it to be positive, great? And it is a culture shift. And what, how do you do that? We do it with the quantum physics of thoughts and frequency. And I utilize that within my work. So, and so that's how I have, what I've done, I mean, at this point, um, and what I've gone through to grade the next level of my school. Yes, please tell us about the school now. That just opened very recently, right? Yes, yes, we're talking July. We opened the yes. doors in July. We have over 100 students, and that's on ground. That's not even including the online world. Um, but what we've done, what I've done is create the school that taps into amazing programs and amazing topics that what I found was people were totally interested. They're like, oh, my gosh, can I get more? And within two, within two months, I have 100 students. I was like, I can't get it fast enough. But basically, like, what's your level of your soul? What, what, where are you at in your life? Trying to be introspective. You know, universal laws, what does that mean? You know, beyond the law of attraction. All these different laws, law of polarity, you know, um, all the different laws that create our world, why we think the way we do, and what we're bringing to us. We go over that in the school. You know, um, our dreams. What do our dreams mean? What if you see symbols outside of the dream? You work, you, you work in and you see this symbol that comes up over and over again. What does that mean to you? We go over that. What is the message of your own self giving you lessons in your life? And then we actually go into higher level frequencies like kundalini energy, self-assessment, understanding the importance of inner self-empowerment. And I'm talking energies now, Connie. I'm talking about meridian level in the body to help the body's energy increase in frequency so that we can broaden our thought process and empower it. You see, I know you mentioned, oh, yeah, Marianne, you've got all these degrees, blah, blah, blah. How do you do it? No, it's about me opening my own brain to allow me to say that I can do anything. And I want everyone to know this. They can do anything. They can explore anything. They can go very, very far. We just need to increase our frequency to allow that space and expansion within our own bodies, within our own being. So how do you – can you give an example of how you help people raise or change their frequency? And I would assume raise because that's really what we're looking yeah, to Yeah, well, it starts with thought. It starts with thought. It starts with how we think about ourselves. You know, it's very interesting. I will sit with a client and ask them, do they love themselves? And you, it's, it's amazing. It's almost like 75% say no, and, or I got to think about it. 
Wow. Now that just breaks my heart, but it's true. So if we have these thought processes, what are we doing? I don't know if you know anything about the, the uh, work of Emoto, Dr. Emoto, who did the study of the water. Uh, but yes. He did, right? He, he looked at the water and he said, if we put the intention in the water, and he studied water from all around the world, and he looked at the, through a microscope in detail and saw the structure of the water. And he said, okay, well, let me try this example. I'm going to go ahead and put in, I love you, I love you, I love you, to this body of water, and I hate you, I hate you, I hate you, to another one. And he looked at the microscope, and it was totally different. There's a molecular structure. You know, it looked like snowflakes. And the one that said, I hate you, couldn't even form. Now, yes. what are we made of? What are we made of? We're made of water. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. 77%. I mean, really? So if we tell ourselves we don't love ourselves or we hate ourselves or we don't like the way we are or the way we look, what do you think is happening in our body? It's really manifesting our thoughts. Yeah. It's creating it's, that much level degree higher. So if that I'm understanding, I, that, yeah, I, I, and I do know about his study, and I thought that was remarkable how by sending water love through I love you. I think he also played like classical music and, and yeah. music that mm-hmm. resonates with the earth, right? All of that, the Bach and Beethoven and all of that, right? And then he did the heavy metal and he, you know, I hate you. And so he, he sent this negative kind of vibe to the other water. And the, the, um, the formation was, was drastically different. So that, oh, that to me... I thought, I, you know, I mean, I was like, this is the coolest because, we, again, we are made up of water. So if I'm understanding that when we have a thought, a vibration goes with that thought. So if it's a negative thought, the vibration would be at a lower or negative level, and that would create the icky water, so to speak. And when we right. think at, at a more positive, we resonate at a higher vibration, the water in our bodies like, yahoo, and it, it presents this more beautiful formation of the water or the clearer form of the water. Did, did I yes. understand that correctly? Yes. And so what happens? The water actually manifests within our body. So if we think we're ugly, let me tell you something, honey, we're ugly. If we yeah. think we're beautiful, we're beautiful. If we think that we can see really good, even though, you know, oh, my eyesight, well, okay, wait a minute, but I can see, I can really, I know I can see again. Your eyesight will start to get better. It's a thought process. It's frequency. It's quantum healing, which the ancients have known for centuries. Yes, yes, yes. They knew this. Now, I, I have another question. When you, and then we're going to take a break, but I, I'm curious. The folks that you asked, you know, do you love yourself? And 75%, a portion of them said, yeah, no, and a portion of them had to think about it. What was the answer that they would, would say, no, I don't love myself because? What were kind of the number one answers for that? They usually don't have an answer. I would ask really? them, why wouldn't you love yourself? And say, I don't know. And they would cry. They would just Really? Cry. Oh. So it's, the impact is just intense. Something within them of not honoring themselves. And some message through childhood. Who knows what? As they grew up, they did not feel that. They yeah, were not the worthy. You see what I'm saying? And so we, with this school, we're working on this and this level also. I and love it. I just, 
I just, I just love it. So I just, and, and the school, because I'm extremely fascinated and I am a, a long time learner. I keep saying, I had my MBA many years ago, but I tell my kids, oh, when I'm done paying for your college, I'm going for my PhD. And I laugh because <laughs> I say to my husband, I'll probably be 70 by this time, but that's okay. Lifelong learners. Now, your, um, and then we're going to take a break, but your school is actually in Tampa. It, well, that's because I know that's where you reside, but is that where the school is yes, as well? the Tampa Bay area. Mm-hmm. But, but we, can, we can buy online programs that mirror what's going on at the actual brick-and-mortar location. Yes, and then that's oh. also being built. So you see some starting up and building of that because, you know, we just Love opened it. our doors. I just yeah. Come on, us, but what's wrong it? with you? How come you don't have it all done yet? Don't you wear an S <laughs> under your shirt? <laughs> let's oh, take, Mary, let's take a, 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 I, it's hysterical, but let's take a real brief break. And then when we come back, I want to shift a little bit and talk about when you were a kid that you were exposed to spiritual events. And I'd love for you to share that as well. So we'll take a break and then we'll talk about that. A speaker has little value to an audience unless you, the listener, is motivated and empowered to change. Connie Whitman of Whitman Associates is a renowned speaker and is an architect of change. Consultations, training, seminars, and speaking engagements are the venues where she affects change. Whether your responsibilities include customer service, sales, marketing, training, executive management, or ownership, and you are seeking change in your organization, then you need to hire Connie Whitman of Whitman Associates. Connie doesn't just fill your ears with rhetoric. She speaks to the heart and success of your business. So next time you need to hire a speaker, don't hire someone that just talks. Hire an architect of change, Connie Whitman. Just ask for Connie by calling 732-888-1420. That's 732-888-1420. Or email Connie at WhitmanAssociates.com. Okay, we are back with Dr. Mary Ann Pellegrino, and we are talking about how science and mystical worlds really are one and the same. And um, with her multiple degrees, she's talking in scientific terms, but also in those mystical and understandable terms for us. So um, when you were a child, uh, Marianne, you were exposed to a lot of spiritual events. Can you elaborate on what that even means? Well, this is what happened for me. My, my mother, I mean, I was raised in parochial school. So mm-hmm. it happened that um, I would see things like a nun with um, an aura around her, a yellow aura, that kind of thing. And I would go back to my mom and go, what is this, mom? And she would go, sweetheart, not everybody sees this stuff, you know. Well, come to find out, um, she decided that she was going to teach us more than just parochial school. So on the weekends, she would take us to a synagogue or Mm. a Baptist church, or one weekend we'd do a Buddhist temple, and she would tell us, you know what, I'm not here to tell you what you need to believe in. But I want to expose you to what's out there. And you don't have to take and believe anything that's out there. But I want you to vibrate what feels right and true for you. So it was a very powerful lesson for us. So here we go to parochial school all week and go to mass. And then after that, we're in a synagogue or a Baptist church. And so that just opened our minds like no other. It was very, very powerful. Very now, let me, let me ask you a question, because I totally get I, I went to a parochial school as well as a child. 
your mom is like a Renaissance woman based on what you just said. Did did she happen to see, was she able to see auras and all of that? Because think about it, you know, our parents, that generation, they didn't believe in seeing auras and, and, and stuff like that. So here you come home, matter, like how was school? It was good. I saw a yellow aura around the nine. It was kind of cool, Mom. What does it mean? And she right, responds right. with, everybody doesn't see that. She didn't say, oh, you're crazy. That must have just been the way the light was shining on her. She validated that, yeah, you saw these auras. Did she see auras and things herself? You know what? She didn't see it, but she also had experiences, though. She may not have, because she told me, Marion, I don't see the aura. I'm sure you do. But she's had amazing experiences. I mean, um, we had experiences of lifetimes where, where we both had, we were in the dream state. Her and, one and, one, her, and her bedroom, mine and mine. I was only like 15 years old at the time when I had this dream, and I call it a dream, but really I was in another realm and a lifetime. And I was around Marie Antoinette at the time, right? And I, um, I was one of the maidens uh, that worked with Marie Antoinette. And so I woke up in that dream, and in the dream, I realized my daughter had died. She died of the plague, and I was absolutely just mortified, my heart just breaking and crying. At 15 years old in this lifetime, I wake up with a broken heart that a daughter died. And I don't know what I'm going through. I'm just crying with the Lord. And my mother knocks on the door in the bedroom and says, sweetheart, can I come in? I said, sure. She comes in. She goes, let me see your hands. I said, I give her my hands. She holds it. She goes, honey, please know that you were a good dog. You're a good mother. And I was like, what? I said, how do you know that? She goes, I was the daughter. I said, how do you know that? She says, I just dreamt it. So we both dreamt it the same night. To the courtyard, my siblings actually pulled us apart and made us draw the, the place. We drew the door exactly the same. Wow. It was incredibly powerful. That was my childhood. <laughs> that was wow. That an experience, you know? So this, this is, okay, I am extremely fascinated because here's the thing. You're, you're truly raised by this woman who, number one, allowed for this openness or gift, you know, whatever you want to call it. And clearly you had it even at a more intense, higher level than, than your mom. And for you to be going to this parochial school where, you know, it's God and Jesus and fire and brimstone, because that's what it was when we were kids, and, you know, yeah. fear of God and all that nonsense, right? Uh-huh. And then she's taking you to these other religious experiences and validating seeing auras and, and being in a dream with you. And I'm cracking up because people listening are like, what? But here's the <laughs> You have all of these degrees that I would imagine when you tell these stories and then people hear your degrees as well so that it's not just about, oh, I've lived through it and I've had these dreams and this is my experience. You have validated them through the science realm as well to make what you've gone through real, real, and when I say that, because of course it was real that, that it happened, but real for others to understand by that credibility. So my question to you is, are you... When people hear these stories, do they buy in more because of your scientific and your, your multiple science degrees, do you think? I don't know. Does it validate you more? Um, you know what? I guess I, I, I don't really pay too much attention to it because when they meet me, they'll know as a psychologist. Maybe so. You're right. Maybe it has to do with the science behind it. But, you know, when it rings truth, it hits people's hearts. Yes, so that's know. right. 
You know what I'm saying? I don't have to worry because it happens. And so therefore it's kind of like, ooh, and it rings truth. You know those times when you get goosebumps and you don't know why? And something someone said and you get the goosebumps, you're feeling it. It's in a cellular level. You don't have to think it. It's in a cellular level. That's what happens. I, I love it. Now, I just have to, because I know everybody's thinking to themselves, all right, so you're in this Catholic school, and did you talk to your friends about, oh, your aura is blue today. You must be happy. Like, did you, did you talk about this stuff, or did you No, lie? no. In fact, I did not. When I was in parochial school, I was a very good parochial girl. Yes, <laughs> I, of course. Uh, I even went all the way to St. Lee University. I mean, I went to college in parochial world. I, I kept that it. to myself because I knew at the time, you know, you're talking 60s, 70s, you know, early 80s. I mean, it's just, you didn't go there. You just didn't go there. So you're careful in how you, or who you shared that with. But I, in my internal world, did not allow me not to stop learning, to exploring. Yeah. And, yeah. Well, and, and your mom encouraged that. Yes, because, you yeah. know, now let me just say this, okay? My mother, uh, she passed away um couple of years ago at the age of 82, oh, but oh, she had her master's degree, okay? Wow. We're talking back then, a master's yeah. degree in guidance counseling. She was a teacher wow. and a she was She was amazing. Nobody went through their degrees back then in the 60s. I mean, that was rare for women to do that in the 50s and 60s. And, she well, and, especially, and especially a master's degree to do an advanced degree was definitely unheard of. Absolutely. So Absolutely. she was really... She was really your spiritual teacher through life, yes. and then you continued. Yes. Um, and, and now just share with everyone. So, um, you know, Catholic school, your mom kind of exposed you. She was a spiritual teacher. How did you continue to learn as you were in, you know, in school getting these multiple degrees? You weren't at home. How did you continue your mystical, and I'll use the word mystical, education or that spiritual education? Well, that, that brings me to the next level of what I did. I actually did a lot of traveling. As time went on, I decided I'm going to learn these. I'm going to go to these places that I learn and teach, that I, that I learn from. You know, um, I started reading books, you know, autobiography of a yogi or different, different things that, that, that were fascinating to me. Um, and I would go visit these sites. I would go to uh, Taoist temples and Wudong Temple where Kung Fu started and, and where Lao Zi and Lao Zhu um, started his works and such. I would visit these places. I went to the shamans in the Amazon. I, I studied in there. I studied with shamans. And, you know, I found different areas that were really fascinating that I found that, that they linked up. The things that they taught linked up and not only linked up with each other, but linked up what I've known from internally being born, seeing things. I call it being born with no veil, if that right. makes any sense. Yes, yes, yes. And yeah. and as you as you did these travels, and because now remember, you're simultaneously through these travels. You were in school till you were 39. So as you're doing all of these um, degrees, and you're doing this travel with with these shamans and and whatever uh, shamans and whatever, are were you connecting the dots along the way with what yes. you're studying as well? Absolutely, absolutely, and that's what would take me to the travels to the next step. It would be like, you know, um, and even to, to this day, I still do it. I mean, I was in China last year going over there. Um, I've been to Tibet and, and going to the monasteries and Nepal, different places to learn and expand my consciousness and to help me translate it so that I can assist others in their world. And that's why yeah. the school's happening. You know what I mean? 
learning yeah, that, yeah. learning how to, to help people even within their bodies, help them expand their world. Because, you know, the, the, more, the more we are restricted within ourselves, the more unhappy we become. We were always meant to explore and go beyond, to have more experiences, to learn more, to enrich our world. You know, we turn around and we look at our lives and we go, what did we do last 10 years? And if we see we didn't do much, we're unhappy. You know, I get people that say, you know, I wish I could travel. I wish I would travel. I wish I would do, you know, because we want it. You know, I, I should have learned that. I don't know why I wouldn't go further. That kind of thing. We want it. It's our sole purpose to explore and enhance who we are. Yeah, and and it's it's unfortunate because we do we do hold ourselves back, and uh, that fear it's fear <laughs> that it's holds fear. us back. I, mm-hmm. Yeah, the fear of the unknown, the fear of what if I can't do it, what if I fail, right? And then the fear of you know what things are good, and I said this in in my last show. Um, good is truly the enemy of great because when things are good, we settle in and we stay comfortable, complacent. And it's when things go bad that things shake up and we have to change. We're forced to change. You lose a job or, or you know, a, a death in the family where you're forced to move or change. Um, you don't have a choice. So now we, we have choices and it, it, we, have to, we have to break out. We have to challenge our comfort zone because that's really where the learning begins and where our growth begins. And I, I, we have literally two minutes left. I have to ask you another question. So you're in academia and you're working with the, um, the, the, the deans, et cetera, trying to change these cultures. Is that kind of why you started the Inner uh, Touch uh, School, because, the School of Mystics, because of that, realizing that? Yes, you're right, yeah. you're right on. Basically yeah. what's happening is I could only go so far. Yeah. And so I decided, you know, people are hungry for this. They're just hungry for it. And it's time. And, I, you know, I've, I've, I put my whole life into studying it. So why, how can I keep this a secret within me? I need to share it. I need to share it out, get it out there, um, and get as much information to help people want to explore. And make it fun. It's a fun yeah. thing. It's not something that's, oh, scary. No, it's fun. When you start well, to feel the joy of learning it. And, and well, it's, yeah, it's fun because you're growing your mind, and it's always so exciting when you learn something new. On top of that, though, I think as you expand your mind, things become clearer for you as well. And then what happens? You want more, and you want more, and you want more. So exactly. that's the, that's the fun aspect. You know, as soon as you, it's it's. Um, I, I call it my, my love of learning is I call it my good addiction. You know, my healthy addiction. That <laughs> oh, there you like go. I'm, uh-huh. Yeah, but it, but it is because I, I personally need to read every day something and not, you know, fiction. I do love to read fiction books as well. Like I'm a big James Patterson fan, but I also love to read um, like email. They send motivational emails I get and it's stories that are motivating or I read something about someone's idea uh, about how to create more revenue for your business, another revenue stream. So it's always looking mystical stuff as well. So it, it, it becomes an addiction where every day, Day, I fit it into my day first thing in the morning that I read something. And, and listen, everybody's like, what? It's not an hour of reading. Who's got the time for that? But I'll read 10 or 15 minutes every morning to start my day. And it gets your mind 
firing. Like it, it creates, it's better, than co- it's better than coffee, right? It, it gets the whole mind uh, ticking away. Um, we're, we're actually out of time, Marianne. Any okay. last-minute recommendations for folks who are, I want it, but I'm a little afraid because people are going to think I'm crazy if I start looking at this mystical stuff. What's your recommendation? <laughs> Well, you know what? Actually, um, they can visit my site, innertouchschool.com, and um, also I can be reached through there, and we can can discuss it. You know, basically it's about, uh, it it will guide you to the many facets of existence and to tap into your ordinary life and to expand it into an extraordinary reality, and that's what we do, and that's our purpose. So please do not hesitate to reach out. I love it. And and I will, just everybody knows I do this, but I always reiterate every week, on the Web Talk Radio website on my, my page, I put your I will put your website there. Literally, people can just uh, click in as they're downloading and um, click the website to get right to you. So I do, we do backlink that as well. So, but just to repeat for those driving and listening, uh, Marianne's website is Inner Touch School, all one word, Dot com. So innertouchschool.com. And again, I'll post that link. Marion, thank you so much for a wonderful thank show, thought, truly thought-provoking, and for your dynamic energy and passion for this topic. Uh, I hope everybody, if they're listening, driving to work in the morning, that we've energized them and, and just <laughs> give, them, give them a little something to think about. Again, so their brain starts firing um, a little hotter and um, that they're willing to expand and, and take the leap of faith, man, go and learn, go to the website, just see what it's all about. Um, it, it might give you just a catalyst to start to explore this for yourself. And I love how you said our ordinary lives, we can make into these, you know, extraordinary realities. Yeah. Yes. Beautifully, beautifully said. So thank you again um, for being on the show and for inspiring us. today. Thank you. Take care. My, my pleasure today. Um, I hope you guys will all join me weekly as we question, build, and discover together how to grow and challenge ourselves. Today was a great topic about that. So we all embrace change and realize that, you know what, we got this. It's easier than we think. Thanks again for joining me. You've been listening to Architect of Change with me, your host, Connie Whitman, on webtalkradio.net. Thank you and have an inspiring week. You've been listening to The Architect of Change with your host, Connie Whitman of Whitman Associates. Thank you for tuning in. We're glad you were here. Time may change me, but I can't.